Hello and welcome to the Extra Credit English Podcast, a podcast for English language learners. My name's Colin. I'm Susanna. And we're English teachers in Tokyo. We know that it's difficult to find English listening practice that is accessible for English learners. So in this podcast, we'll give you a chance to listen to natural English conversation. In each podcast, we will spend around 30 minutes discussing different everyday topics. Today, we're talking about food in Japan. Specifically, we'll talk about our experience of cooking at home, Japanese supermarkets, convenience stores, and advice about eating out in Japan. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so let's start by thinking about the supermarket. The supermarket is where you have to go to buy all your ingredients. So what do you think about the supermarkets in Japan? Um, yes, well, one of the things about going to a supermarket in Japan is not really knowing all the ingredients and maybe not understanding the different brands. Mm. So you see different things that might be the same ingredient, but it's just a different brand right? Um, or a different package. Um, so it takes a little bit of time to get yourself, um, you know, to know <laughs> all of these ingredients. Um, but one thing that I found, well, well, actually you found it, is this um, app, the CookPad app. Cookpad, okay, yes. Um, and they have recipes for Japanese um, meals. Um, and that's very nice to, to follow because you know what you could cook. It gives you ideas, but there's one extra part to it, which is you can see the ingredients you need and the packaging of those ingredients. Yeah, I think, I think that's an important point. You know, I, I can look at a recipe online and the recipe will say, you need this, 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 and this. But actually going to the supermarket and finding what you need can be a challenge because, as you said, things don't look the same. You know, if you're looking for corn flour, okay, I understand what corn flour is, but what does it look like? How, you know, what does the packet What uh, are the brands? Say? Brands, for... yeah, yeah. So basic yeah. kind of package identification is uh, is a bit of a, a challenge. Yes. Um, um, I think the, the other thing is about the different ingredients that you find here. Uh, maybe we may have mentioned this in uh, a previous podcast, but some things are very, very common here that are very uncommon um, in, in our countries. Um, so the supermarkets just look very different. Um, they do, they do. And, and there's definitely, with time, you start to understand there's certain ingredients that every Japanese household would have. Mm. But you don't use them as much. So one that can come to mind is this meeting sauce. Right. Um, and it's lovely. And I can see it is in a lot of recipes but I don't, I just don't know how to use it, how much, you know, it's not, it's not an instinct to me mm. to think about using mirin. 
It's, I would say it's a, what we would call a staple ingredient. Like so many Japanese dishes will include mirin or soy sauce as well. Um, cooking sake as well. But, and these are staples, like every kitchen, Japanese kitchen will have these and probably use these ingredients almost every day. Yes, um, they, they are part of the flavors that, the right. that makes it Japanese food, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, ingredients we can, we can talk about as well. Um, but what about, you know, you've gone to the supermarket, you've got what you need for what you're going to cook. Um, what is the, the reality of cooking in a kitchen in a Japanese home? Um, well, for, from our experience, mm. um, when we, the first time I came, um, and I think you had the same experience uh, when you were on your own here, mm. is that many times the apartments where you live um, are very small mm. and kitchens, you know, they're not a big space. Um, so you need to cook in, in a very small space. There's no, I, what I remember from, from where we used to live, which was a very small uh, apartment in Shinjuku, uh, was that there wasn't really space for uh, cutting your vegetables mm. um, or, or getting things prepared because that space was used to dry the dishes. Yeah. So, so it's the it's the kind of um, the kitchen work surface, like where you would prepare the the ingredients, chop things, and it just doesn't exist in in a standard little uh, kitchen. No, and I, I I think many kitchens we we had a little room for the kitchen where the 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 table would be. Uh, but many apartments, um, I know they have, it's like a corridor. The The mm. kitchen would be in the corridor. Right. So there's not much space. Mm. And it it helps because um, it makes you uh, more aware <laughs> of all the things that you're using. Um, and you're washing quite constantly because there's not much space, so you need okay. to keep your um, working space clean. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that is a difference. And uh, but you know, the more you, you, I mean, it's obviously usable, and you can prepare very nice meals. Um, but um, it's not just the counter space; it's also all the um, like the the cooker and there there are other things here that you can use. I mean, in every um, household, I, I, they will have a fridge and mm. they would have the stove. Uh, but in Japan, well, the, the stove is yeah, they, they the would call it like a gas the um, gas burner or it could be electric. Sorry, yeah. yes, but there's no real no real oven. No, there's a grill. Yeah. Um. And that is very useful, but it's not the same. So you start learning um, to use the grill. Uh, you can also, um, so you start thinking about buying ingredients that, or um, fish, for example, that can go on the grill. Mm. Um, so the kitchen kind of decides what you cook 
basically... Yes, well, it, it, it comes hand in hand yeah. with um, the ingredients that... Oh, and the dishes that, you know, it's for the, the Japanese, these Japanese meals. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of very interesting. The other thing is, you know, of course, the, the kitchens are a bit small. And that also means that the pantries are a bit small. And even the fridge sometimes is really small. So the pantry is basically the where you store your food. So basically, I mean... When I hear the word pantry, I think about almost like a almost like a room that you can walk into. Oh right. Um, so you know, I can imagine big homes in America have a pantry. It's like it's like another room. It's almost like a walk-in closet uh, where you can you can walk in and there's shelves and all your food is there. And yeah, a pantry does they don't exist in little uh, Japanese apartments. But I think what you mean is like you're, the places that you have to store food. The little cupboards? Yeah, cupboards. Um, so maybe cupboards up high or, or, or down low. Um, the space is going to be limited. It is limited. But another thing about, you know, cooking Japanese food um, and part of what makes it Japanese, I guess, is that um, there's a lot of interest um, of the cook of the ingredients being very very fresh. Mm. So I found that I would go more often to the supermarket in a small kitchen, uh, but that would give me very uh, fresh ingredients that I would use for that day and maybe the next. But right. not I wouldn't do a supermarket that would last me for a week. You wouldn't do a, a shop at a, a supermarket. Shop, yeah. Right. Because I, it was difficult to store, uh, but also you know, it it, um, it allowed me to to have a more fresh ingredients um, to cook with, which I thought um, it's a is a is a nice thing to think about. Yeah, it's a, it's trying to look for the positive. I think, um, I think there were many times when we dreamed of having like a big kitchen and space to store food and, and be able to buy in bulk is the phrase that we would use to buy in bulk b-u-l-k and you just can't do that when you're living in a small apartment with very limited uh space so i think as you said the plus side is it forces you to use fresh ingredients go to the supermarket a bit more regularly perhaps um i think Many people just don't cook at home, though. I think, obviously, you've got um, families and, you know, you've got a lot of people to feed. And, you know, they'll live in bigger apartments, probably a little bit bigger, uh, a bit more space to, to cook. Um, but people who, maybe couples or single people, probably don't do that much cooking at home. No, I, I think um, they will be tired. And mm, they will from be working. From working and very busy. And yes, going to the supermarket uh, every two days or so. Mm. I, I, I don't think they would have time for this. Uh, but again, you know, this is um, very much... Um, so it's part of, of, of living here. So it's it's been solved in a way. 
Um, right. And one of the, the things that happens is uh, you have these convenience stores. And I mean, mm. back home for me, convenience stores sell crisps and all of these unhealthy food. Chocolate. Chocolate drinks. and bread and, you know, sodas. And that's the convenience store for me back home. Mm. But here uh, you can find grilled fish and salads and soups um, and all sorts of things that, you know, could create a really balanced mm. dinner. Um, when we used to live in this more apartment, just going downstairs, there was a convenience store. Yeah. And it was like your own pantry. Like, that, okay, yeah, that kind of becomes the pantry. It's so close that, you know... You just you go down the stairs and and you're there and you've got you you know cooked salmon uh, or chicken or you know there's packets of uh, of vegetables and things like that. Um, it takes cooking away and it is really convenient. Um, I remember seeing some of our neighbors, mm, older neighbors, right, and they would do their shopping there because it was so convenient and they could buy reasonably. Um, good dinners there, mm -hmm. reasonably healthy food um, down there. Um, so that is kind of how it worked. Do you do we need milk? I would just go downstairs right. instead just do the kitchen. Yeah. Um, I mean, the convenience stores are a little bit more expensive. They are. But you're paying for convenience. You are definitely paying um, for convenience. So... I think if if possible, you don't want to do all of your shopping there. But certainly, if uh, if you don't have the time or the energy to go into a bigger supermarket, the convenience stores are very good. I think in terms of the other thing that people will get from the convenience store is the box lunch. A box lunch, um, yeah. Which is how it, the word bento is translated. It doesn't always have to be lunch because uh, you'll see a lot of people after work, you know, they'll pick up a bento from a convenience store or some of the special um, kind of bento shops. Um, These are always kind of near the stations or... Exactly. So you get out of the train station and there's this space that always sells this made food and you mm -hmm. can buy these bentos uh, and they are, again, very convenient. They're delicious. Yeah, I mean, the, pr again, probably you don't want to be eating those every day. Um, but some of them can be. Some of them can be quite balanced. Uh, a bit of rice, grilled fish, vegetables, that kind of thing. Um, and made quite fresh. I mean, some of these bento shops, they, they prepare the food... Kind of as you wait, maybe you have to wait sort of 10 minutes uh, for them to, to cook um, a little, you know, part, some of the ingredients for your, for your bento. But um, yeah, so that's a good option. You know, if, you're a, if you've been working late and you're, you're heading home, pop into the, the bento shop and grab some food. And then you don't have to cook. Um, you can but relax. You, but you can still relax at home. You can still relax at home and get your energy back for another day of work the next day.
Okay, so let's move on to the topic of eating out. Anybody who has visited Japan will know that eating out uh, is one of the highlights. Um, a lot of people come to Japan and one of their main reasons for doing so is the food, going to restaurants here. Yes, I think Japanese food definitely has made a, a big impact good impression around the world um it has ex japan has exported their mm. dishes very well like sushi and lately i like in mexico i, I think ramen has been um very popular mm. and more and more good ramen um shops have appeared in in mexico city at right. least what i've heard of i haven't tried them though i think for yeah for for me growing, growing up in the uk um, when I thought of ramen, it was basically the instant noodles. That was my, that's what I thought it was. I, nobody was making fresh uh, noodles in, in the UK, certainly not close to where I was living. So my understanding of these noodles is that it was only, it only came in this sort of block and you had to boil it and add a packet of, flavoring it wasn't very interesting but certainly in, in recent years people have understood that you know, you can use really fresh ingredients there's so many different ways you you can prepare it so if you come to if you come to japan well let's let's not think about tourists too much let's think about people actually living here the day-to-day -day life because that's what we were talking about before we're talking about the the day to day life of you know cooking at home. Um, for people living here, the day to day life is that maybe two, maybe one or two of your meals in the day will be outside of the home. Yes, I, I guess not everyone has time to prepare lunch at home and then take it to work. Mm. Um, so. But the options, there's so many options out, out there. I, I know we're not talking about tourism, but if you come as a tourist, I think one of the things that you'll find is that the options for eating are mm. sometimes over, o overwhelming. Mm. You know, it, it's, you don't know what you want. You want everything. Right. <laughs> because there's so many options. It's very difficult to choose. Yeah. No, we, we've definitely had days like that where we just can't decide where to go. Um, I think for people living here, again, we, we mentioned kind of being busy, being tired, not wanting to, not wanting to go home to cook and also not having the time to go to the supermarket to buy the ingredients you need. You know, there's, there's a lot of time required to, um, to prepare your food. For me, is not only that, is washing up at the end of the meal. Right. That's what makes a difference for me. Like, if, if we can go out, I know there's no cleaning up. Right. That's true. I think one thing that I've noticed, uh, and this is a, probably more true in Tokyo, um, people are happy to eat on their own. And this is, I would say it's kind of unusual in the UK to go to 
eat by your, unless you're going to say McDonald's or a fast food place. Um, but yeah, eating by yourself is not uncommon here. So yeah, people might finish work and they want a quick meal uh, before they go home and they'll pop in by themselves and eat alone. Um, what about in Mexico? Does that seem like a common thing, an unusual thing? It is unusual. You mm. you don't really see people eating on their own. I, I guess they would prefer to go home and eat on their own at home than eating out on mm. their own. Um, I, I guess a really big difference is that restaurants in Japan, many of them are really small. Um, okay. So let's say going back to ramen, you know, ramen shops have a certain number of seats that I don't think go over than 20 seats, you know. Mm. Um, so it's a little bit more cozy. I think it feels um, safer and you, you, I don't know, you feel more connected. I don't know what it is, but mm. it's, I don't think it's the same eating alone in, in a small place than in a big restaurant. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, there's a big difference between the city and the countryside. True. Um, but certainly when you when you see a, a little ramen shop in the city, there, there might be some spaces for a couple of people or, you know, a small group of people to sit together and eat. But most of the seats will be around some sort of counter um, stools, you know, and people will eat and they'll eat quickly, um, su surprisingly quickly for me. Um, they'll eat quickly and they'll, they'll leave. So it's not a place to spend a lot of time. It's just a quick filling, cheap meal, and then they, they move on. I think that's that's another kind of very positive part of, of eating out that of course, there are very um, many expensive restaurants, um, very fancy restaurants around uh, Japan, but uh, there are so many affordable options that, you know, you wouldn't feel like you're spending too much money eating out. Mm. Um, and good meals, perhaps not every night, uh, going for ramen, but you know, there are other options, good options that are affordable, uh, that are warm and that they are, you know, very filling and mm. it's balanced. It's balanced. Well. Yeah. It's balanced meals. I, the one, the option that I like the most when we go out and sometimes I, I, I ask to go and there is this place called Otoya. Um, and I like it because of that, because it's um, a very filling, but also very balanced meal because you will have your soup and your rice and your dish and a little bit of salad mm. and a little bit of tea. Um, and it it's a bit more expensive, but it just feels like eating at home, like someone prepared that meal for you. I think that that's one of the one of the marketing features of that restaurant or Toya is that it's home cooking like it they they're trying to create that you know this is kind of if you went home to your your parents house you'd you, you might expect to get this kind of food um 
so yeah that's kind of what they're what they're trying to sell um but so certainly well to, just to to say that there are so many options and it's some people think that it's going to be very expensive to eat when they come here but if you can identify some of the the cheaper places the chain kind of restaurants that exist in the cities um you can eat very cheaply but if you're looking for western food if you want to eat all the stuff that you normally eat uh in your home country then that's going to be expensive it becomes expensive it's those kind of foods are a novelty they're not common here but if you try and eat uh the kind of food that people eat on a daily basis here it's going to be much cheaper um one of i mean as you said um if you kind of start identifying these chains mm -hmm. it becomes easier because you see them over and over again um but the other um way to do it is going to these very little what you call mom and pop restaurants mm. very small places um which which usually have regulars i mean other people would come in mm. uh but they will usually have people that come in uh, very very often um and it, some of these places you don't really know what you're getting into sometimes because you cannot see inside Why can't you see inside? Uh well the they have these um maybe the they have the, the doors um uh, the glass on the doors mm. is like a little bit yeah you cannot see through yeah. or they have these kind of what you call them the curtains. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a like a fabric kind of thing hanging down from the top. I think the Japanese term is norin. Um, um and that's Yeah, that is kind of split in the middle and you kind of have to bow your head a little bit to kind of go through. Um and it gives, you know, privacy to the people eating in, definitely. Mm. Uh but if you don't know um these little restaurants, it can be a little bit um yeah, difficult for you to know, you know, how to go in. Mm. Uh but they they are very good. They they will be um a good price and mm. good food um and you recently started watching this show about these kind of little restaurants mm. right the solitary gourmet yes yeah i think i think we did mention this before as well um but it's it's something that basically there's this salesman and he's traveling around and different parts of of generally Tokyo different parts of Tokyo sometimes he goes out of Tokyo but um he does his sales work and then he has to get lunch and he's a because he's away from the office he he has to eat wherever he's uh he's been doing his sales work and yeah he goes into these little mom and pop kind of um local restaurants and every restaurant will have their own speciality their own kind of unique dishes um and it's an interesting way to to see kind of the different things um that people make 
But also learning how, how it works and not being afraid to go into these little restaurants because you start to understand that perhaps the menu are going to be right. on the wall and um, that you just order um, and it's going to be simple, it's, it's not complicated. Yeah. Um, so for us, I think it has been very good for learning. We, these experiences we, we do not have because... We do not grow up here. That's right. We do not have family here that can just take, you know, mm. like to go along to learn these things. Um, yeah. So learning these through these kind of shows. Indeed. It's kind of like a real, it's like a real life sort of documentary for us. We can actually see how this guy, um, you know, how to, how to order the food. And like you said, the menu being on the wall. So very often the menu will be handwritten. And it will be up on the wall, which, you know, that creates a, a challenge as well, you know, and just being able to read. But what you, you can do, you can always do, is to ask for a recommendation. I mean, you're going to, like I said, every place is going to have its own specialities. So if you just ask kind of what, what's the speciality or what you know, what's popular um, then you're going to get some good food. They're not going to give you uh, terrible food um, if you ask for, for a recommendation. So even if you can't read the menu, uh, if you can learn a couple of phrases to ask for a recomm and recommendation, you will not go hungry. No, no, and, and but yeah, these these shows have been really interesting in in because I, I think I, I said this before, but this character he a, a thing that I love about him is that he's very nosy. Mm. Uh, he he looks around to what other people are eating, yeah, and he wants that, and sometimes he's already ordered, uh, and he just. Um, yeah, he he regrets it because something looks better um, that he didn't think of. The one thing that I think is really interesting is that he always looks for what the regulars are eating. Um, so, you know, anybody who comes in and the the waitress knows the person who's come in and he just orders the stuff he always gets and the waitress knows... Uh, what it is and you know he orders without thinking because this is what he he always gets um the character in this show he always looks for that which i think is a good strategy you know i'll have what that person's having it's a good tip isn't it yeah uh but just knowing that not it's it's other people also going into these places where you're not a regular mm. and there's still something to learn uh, so, you know, going in and trying to learn as you do uh, is always also good. You have a little bit of an idea, but you keep learning. I think it's definitely one of the highlights of living in Japan is eating out. So if you have a chance to visit Japan, definitely get out and explore. Well, that's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We are now on Twitter at credit underline English. So make sure you follow us and join the conversation. Tell us what are supermarkets like where you live? What unique ingredients are available? 
And have you ever been to a supermarket in another country? We will be recording more episodes each week, so make sure you come back and join us.